Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Walla, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Good morning, Wael. Good morning, Sally. Today, we are celebrating a decade of one of the UAE's most groundbreaking publishing houses. Sale Publishing has been on a 10-year journey to bring Emirati authors to the world. And today in the studio, we're welcoming Sale CEO and Editor-in-Chief Imam Mansheba as she shares the highs and the lows of this incredible achievement. She's with us next right here on Life Beats on Pulse95. You're, You're listening, listening to, to Pulse95. Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. Imam Bencheba is a woman on a mission to enrich the global literary landscape with Emirati and other diverse voices that are so rich in stories and experience, but just needed a contemporary platform to highlight them. From starting sale with a friend while working as an IT project manager to now becoming one of the foremost publishing houses and online magazines, putting the spotlight on issues that weren't talked about before. Iman won the UAE's Young Digital Publisher Entrepreneur Award and was chosen as a delegate to the International Achievement Summit in San Francisco. She is also a recipient of the Arab Woman Award in Literature and was last year elected Vice President of the Emirates Publishers Association. We're so excited to be celebrating 10 years of Sale Magazine and Publishing with the founder and the editor of, editor-in-chief. So much to put out there, Iman. Oh, Iman Bin Sheba, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. And thank you for this introduction. Oh my God, I feel like, wow, I forgot about all that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me, really. This, this is the thing, you know, uh, Iman, this is all you. Uh, and when uh, I heard that it was going to be 10 years for sale, I was just like, I can't believe it's 10 years already. I can't either, but then I'm that tired all the time, so I can believe it, trust me. <laughs> Did you think, you know, did you think that it was going to last this long? I honestly, like we were just saying before we go on air, I have no idea. Um, I didn't think it would end soon, but I didn't have a deadline or how long it would last in my head. It was just about, let's see where this goes. Mm. Let's see how far we can take it. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously it's been taken a bit far. Um, so yeah. What was your What was your vision to begin with? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know the story of yeah. how all of this actually started. What were you thinking <laughs> 10 years ago? Um, so 10 years ago, we're talking about a different uh, scene anyway, right? So at the time, um, I used to attend different events and so on. And most of the events I used to attend anyway was majority non-Emiratis attendees. Mm. And at the time, they would say, we don't know where you guys at. Like, where do you Emiratis hang? What do you guys talk about? What do you read? What do you think? And to me, it was always like, that's odd because I know we exist, obviously. Um, and I know we read, I know we discuss, I know we have our own majlises where we talk and discuss ideas and stuff and so on. But I don't think it was documented. And if it was, it was documented in Arabic. So the non-Arab speakers who happen to be the majority don't have any access to it. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. I know that many of the youth, the ones that we talk with and the ones who I interact with, um, 
read and write in English, but they didn't have the platform back in the days. Um, we didn't have that many English platforms to start with. And, once, and, and the ones that we had um, would only take in writers that either have a journalism background or are uh, first language English speakers. So, so we had all that kind of voices that are there that were not documented, didn't have home and space. I was like, okay, fine, let's just get this done. Let's, let's provide that space. And that's how it started. As someone who's um, sitting amongst two incredible Emirati writers oh. here in the <laughs> studio with me, um, you know, I have to say as someone who's non-Emirati who came to this country now almost nine years ago, um, Sale was one of the first places in English that I heard about oh. that was talking about Emirati writers that was talking about their stories, that was talking about their hopes and dreams and aspirations and their history and their culture and all of these things that you know the the the, the uh, non-Arabs or non-Emiratis maybe find a bit mystical and like you yeah, know a bit yeah. of a mystery, but actually it's it was so beautiful and it wasn't told from the perspective of of someone who's coming in and viewing the culture from the outside. It's told from the inside, from the inside, yeah, yeah. and that was one of the most incredible things. Absolutely, and I think uh, we can tend to forget that uh, being Emirati uh, with the uh, demographic reality exactly. uh, just basically means we're small in number compared to the majority. Mm. And I think uh, to give a voice, because um, when we say minority, that doesn't necessarily mean weak or, or un- unempowered. We're absolutely. in a, a Talking wonderful... Talking about number and statistics. Absolutely, mm. and the spirit of it is there's a tremendous amount of stories to tell mm. Uh, and uh, from the Emirati perspective, it's obviously the, the indigenous population, uh, a culture with, with depth. And uh, t- for you to pioneer the platform in giving the world, really, uh, exposure yeah. to those stories uh, is just uh, an amazing thing. I think uh, we, we all owe a tremendous amount of gratitude for I think we, we, we always forget that somebody has to start something. Yeah. We always complain and say, oh, but nobody's listening to us. We don't fit here. We don't fit there. But it's very, very seldom you get somebody like yourself that pioneers that. He says, you know what? Let me do something about that. Yeah. And, and, and here you are, mashallah. Thank you. Thank you. It really means a lot for me. Yeah, but for you, um, uh, uh, Iman, this is something that didn't come without difficulty. You know, it's a beautiful vision. It's an incredible vision. It's a beautiful vision and one that now we can appreciate. But at the time and, you know, throughout this journey, I want you to kind of, you know, speak to the kind of uh, challenges that you came across in in trying to make this a reality. Well, challenges continue until today, really. Um, And it's just different challenges in every stage. So at the very, very, very beginning, um, I was having my way around it in in a way of, how can we make a magazine? And at first I really wanted it to be in print, but then I realized no, print would kill it immediately because first of all, the cost of it is so big. Um, it's very hard to find advertisers. I'll be busy trying to make it mon- you know, make it cover its cost rather than actually focus on the actual content. And always in, in, in the Western media, they would tell you it's like whoever handles ads should not be handling the editorial. Right. Uh, because you have to, and I, and I quote what they used to tell me, it's like you have to separate church and state. Mm. So it's like you have to chep- uh, separate the content management from, from the ads because if you let this influence that, you lose the voice, you lose the independence. You the lose authenticity. Exactly. Mm. Um, so 
I didn't want that to distract me. And uh, the other thing is, if you do it in print, you get limited geographically. Um, so one of my friends recommended to me your ITE, just take it online. Um, and I was like, oh, don't think about that. <laughs> um, so I started exploring and then I dabbled until I found the right platform to get it started. Um, we got it started. Um, we got uh, a good number of writers here and there across the months until we picked it up uh, from, from really social media who would read it and they'd say, ah, I want to write with you guys. It's like, oh, by all means, come in. Um, we had a lot of attacks at the beginning from, from the general public. And until today, we get the same kind of criticism. But at least what now we learn to respond to it, basically, uh, where they say, why is your magazine in English? It should be in Arabic. Where is your identity? And I'm like, you guys, our identity is way bigger than just a language. And I think we owe it to the word to represent our identity in a language that is understood universally and globally. Um, but I understand, like now at this age, I understand the fear that they had on on losing the Arabic language. Like mm-hmm. I, I can see the sentiment part of it, uh, but doesn't mean I would have changed it because it's just like, okay, fine, you know what? Maybe now we're in a stage we would like to expand to Arabic, but English has always been the primary because I know a lot of the youth primarily reads in English, primarily writes in English, their their opinion voice is in English, their creative voice is in English, so why the hell would we come and take it out? You want people to be able to express. It's kind of, it's going against, you know, the environment that they are, exactly. whether we like it or not growing up in, and the whole idea is to expand the reach Absolutely. of Emirati voices and Arab voices, and because you don't just, you know, publish Emiratis yeah. anymore. No, no, we don't. This we is the incredible thing, and so uh, we want to come back to that next, because the topics that you cover... The writers who are with you, whether yeah. it's on the magazine online or the books that you publish, are incredible. Thank you. It is fantastic. We're going to talk about that. Lots more to come with Imam Bin Sheba right here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We're back with uh, Imam Bin Sheba, who is uh, the founder and editor-in-chief of Sale Magazine and uh, Sale Publishing as well, celebrating 10 years. Absolutely incredible. What an achievement. And uh, we're kind of going through your story here, which is so beautiful, so multifaceted, Iman, um, and something that has inspired so many people in the last decade. Um, so talk to us about how it's grown. How have you seen Sale the online magazine grow, the, the publishing house as well in terms of um, the stories that you started out with, the writers that you started out with, illustrators, you know, because it's not limited to just writers that you've worked with. Absolutely. Um, and, and how that's changed and grown, how they've changed and grown as well. All right, that's a lot of uh, angles in there to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start with the ones who've grown with sale. Um, like we were talking a bit ago, um, having said been there about 10 years it means a lot of people have been with us at least for that long or at maximum for that long and like uh, some might have came in and out and stuff and some had uh, stayed for like five years seven years eight years um some have actually stayed for like nine years so far uh myself 10 years um and uh, one of the things that we're going to be like looking at in the anniversary event is uh, a gallery of sale across the 10 years. And I think that has been a very sentimental process to go through um, because I had to go through pictures of 
all the stuff that we've done and it's just so mind-blowing to see some of the uh, writers and illustrators and editors that were with us from the very beginning and how their journey is right now whether with sale whether outside sale and how they've grown whether if they were writers as a voice uh, if they're artists as a style and an art guide and stuff and ed- as editors how they've grown their style and they started to now do editing jobs outside sale and they've never seen themselves that way um Some of the writers were with us when they were 15 and 16 and they're still with us. And now, like one of the examples is uh, Omar Al-Awais, he was with us when since he was 15 or 16. He's still writing with us as, an, as a columnist. He's published his book with us about four years ago. Uh, he's now like 21 or 22. And like you look at him, it's like, you're a sale baby. You're <laughs> like, basically, we're grazed by sale and stuff. Um, and we have a lot of amazing voices that were with us um, we've got Hadid Hazami we've got Dubai Hall was with us at the very beginning um, Khaled Al-Amri used to be one of the writers Wael had been interviewed by Sayed as well at the very beginning I have the honor of doing yeah. so yes uh, and we had like a lot of, I think at the very beginning we, we tried a lot to interview people who I believed had in a very important story um, to be shared with the community and to inspire others and uh, yeah It's just, it's mind-blowing, really. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the kind of stories, because I'm just opening up today, mm. for example, <laughs> Sale Magazine online. If you haven't looked at it, salemagazine.com is the place that you need to be. Um, it w- <laughs> you, you're talking about everything. Everything from the sea of footwear in front of the mosque, that's one <laughs> article, yeah. to daring to fail, to the surprising link between mental health and climate change, mm-hmm. to inclusion, To the cafes in the neighborhoods of Sharjah. Yes. That's just like the, the top few. Yeah. This is the incredible thing. It's so, in anything you're interested in, you can find there and you'll find stuff that you never even thought about. Exactly. And that's the point. It's like, so sale at the very, okay, um, we were trying to focus it at the beginning for specific kind of opinion pieces. Mm. And then we started we getting a lot of articles that were really good. Uh, and it's like, you know what, let's just, might as well we publish them um, and then at some point I got conflicted because people were telling me so what is the magazine really about like they wanted to narrow it down and box it um, and it wasn't until I was in one of the courses abroad for the magazines and uh, when the guy looked at the magazine he's like yeah your magazine is a general interest magazine just like timing and it just blew my mind because I was struggling trying to box it because people were asking me to label it and I was like oh You don't have to be boxed. You don't have to be labeled. Just be a home for everyone. As long as they are providing or they're writing for us articles that are strong in opinion, presenting value, uh, teaching the reader someone or making them reflect on something. So it's not like, oh, today this this has happened to me. Okay, fine. This has happened to you. What did you learn from it? What did it make you see? What did you see because of it that you did not know or realize before? So I want them to dig a bit deeper and actually help the reader see something they didn't see as well. So it's not just like, oh, whatever, I'm going to write. Um, and it has been challenging because, like you said, it means about it means we have to talk about things that might not have might have not been welcome to talk about. Mm. Um, so we've talked about one of the dearest topics I have is mental health. And um, we've talked a lot about it on sale. And I, th- I, I would like to believe that sale is a place where people know that they can come and talk about mental health and can read about mental health and can reach out when they feel like they don't know where to go uh, for mental health. Uh, we can't provide services. Uh, we cannot provide uh, actual um, mental health support, but we can be uh, a place to listen, 
and a place to provide support that shows you you're not alone. And I think that in mental health matters a lot more than anything. I was saying to you that actually you guys are the f- one of the first to ever start talking about mental health. This yeah. is one, one of the biggest achievements, I would say, Thank you. of Sale Magazine and uh, of yourself, Iman, that you you were, have always been unapologetic about it uh, and you have always shared the realities of it. You were talking about this before it was a thing. Now it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's yeah. one of the things that we were talking about. That um, So when when Sale became part of the Carter Fellowship uh, for Mental Health Journalism back in, I think it was 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2017 till 2018. And when we first got on it, I was like, let's start to see the back history. Did we actually write about mental health or not? Because... I don't think it clicked in my head that we were because it wasn't a keyword. It wasn't um, uh, a token word that everyone is using around. And then I found that we've actually been talking about it since 2014, if not 2015. And it's really the writers sharing their experiences and talking about it and us providing them the space and say, yes, go ahead. Um, and what was one of the very important things for me, because even when it comes to books, we've got writers who've published poetry that felt in that vicinity as well and before they we published for them I'd always sit with them it's like uh, I remember one of the authors that we've published for recently her book it showed it was a person who's going through something um, so before even responding to the manuscript saying yes we would like to publish it or not I just had to email her before even talking with you I just want to make sure do you know you're in depression and are you getting help because for me that was the first thing I need to address like do you know? Because a lot of people don't even know that they're in depression when they're in depression. And that was a big like, you know, concern for me. And she's like, yes, I actually know. Um, I've been getting help and this is my journey through the recovery process. Um, so we try to work around with the book so that we make sure that even some parts of it do not trigger people who might be t- depressive at this point. So you, wanna, you want it to be relatable, but you don't want it to trigger people because I understand what some people might have uh, suicidal attempts and intents and stuff. So you really want to make sure that you show them you're not alone, but you don't show them that, yes, you can go ahead and, and take your life, basically. It's incredible sensitivity to yeah, understand yeah. that and to see that and to communicate that. I think there's a tremendous amount of courage and bravery in what you do. I think being a pioneer in anything. And I think um, from the local perspective, it's, it's all fine and well for people to have uh, an interest in making a change. But I think uh, it's, it's a very few like yourself, Iman, that I believe had to get the tools mm-hmm. and learning about the publishing industry and how you can connect and how you can ultimately heal many people. I mean, you've traveled, yeah. you've jumped on planes to go learn yes. how to do this better, yeah. whether it's a year-long fellowship. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a wish list, you're, you're doing it. If I need to jump on a plane and go do it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be very, very interested to hear uh, some of the stories of how you've crafted the skill by going abroad which which requires a tremendous amount of courage um so the fellowship um we've actually had to um, well i've had to travel at the beginning and end of it to um the carter center in atlanta um but um, in the middle between the trip i actually could uh, i was actually in dubai um but it was all across a lot of communication back and forth in the very beginning we had to uh, each of the selected fellows had to present their project for uh, Mrs. Carter, um, and we would have to say, what do we want to achieve with it? What do we want to write? What does it matter? And so on. And at, at that point, my perspective was, we want to 
write articles that talk about mental health state for the youth in the UAE. Uh, so it was very specific because we knew there wasn't content for that specifically. Um, we wanted to do a study, we wanted to do a survey, we wanted to do a lot of things. But then with the help of the, uh, uh, of the mentors there and the, the researchers there, they're like, uh, be careful of not doing survey because you doing a survey, it means you ethically have to provide as well the services for them. You cannot identify someone with a problem but not give them help. Um, so we had to like rework our way around it but still provide that kind of value. But they as well taught us what kind of words to avoid, how to say it politically correct, how to not trigger when you write stuff mm-hmm. and so on. And I think, uh, and like one of the very interesting stuff was, because one of the, uh, yeah, some of the other fellows were from the States, some were from Colombia, some were from Venezuela. So it's like, you're talking about a lot of diversity. And it was interesting how all of them had shared the same thing of, when you talk about mental health, the elders would come and say, you have got to connect better with your faith. That's why you're having the problems, which blew my mind because we have this problem here that where people would say, it's like, oh, no, you're just uh, you. You need to pray better for you to get better at your mental health. But it's like, no, that's not the thing. Granted, it helps, but that is not the fix. Um, and one of my writers have wrote about this so beautifully recently, and it was talking about uh, Islam and mental health and how this interacts with that. And it talked about how y- you cannot say that if I prayed well or if I was faithful and so on, this would mean I would not get any mental health problem. And she used examples from Islam. She's like, um, uh, and I'm... Uh, Again, it's like there's going to be a problem with the mentioning stuff, but uh, the Prophet uh, Yusuf's dad. Ayyub? Uh, uh, I think, yeah. Um, and so when, when he got lost as a child, uh, from grief, he lost his sight. And the, the Quran actually refers to that. And they, it's like, it's okay, the grief, how to handle the grief, and so on. It's like, and it's a prophet. Who could be more sane than that? And then you've got the time where uh, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu um, when uh, it's Am al Hazan, the year mm-hmm. of grief, where he lost uh, three of his family and three or two of his family, and how God was trying to console him in the Quran and was trying to tell him, like, uh, like don't be too sad because so and so. So if the prophets have gone through this, on what basis are you telling me, me, mere human? should not go through it. And I think her article was so strong. It helped so many people. So many people related to it and felt now they have the argument to reply back to people who try to minimize their mental health problems. These are the kind of powerful stories that open up conversations that need to be had, that, that everybody's feeling and thinking about. But when you give it voice... That's when you give it power. Absolutely. This is what Sale is doing. We're speaking with Imam Ben Sheba, the founder of Sale. Lots more to come here on Life Beats. We're going to continue talking about um, why Sale, you know, has lasted this long. What is the secret, Iman? And where is it going to go in the future? You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. It's an amazing story and we're really proud to be here and celebrating it. The story of Sale Publishing and Sale Magazine, which uh, has really uh, changed the lives of many people. And I can definitely include myself uh, in in that area as a reader of Sale Sale Magazine um, and someone who's exposed to the books that you publish as well. Talk to us about how, because you touched on on this uh, while as well, talk to us about how it turned into a publishing house. How did you do that 
that part and that must have been huge. Yeah. Um, so after having in the magazine for about four to five years, um, we started receiving a lot of manuscripts from our readers saying that, hey, I've written this book. Can you just let me know what you think about it and so on, your feedback? Um, and we would I'd go through it, honestly, or send it to one of my editors and like, we'd go through it and then give them feedback and say what they have to fix here or there. Um, and then they would ask, I'm trying to get it published and I can't find any publisher. Uh, because at the time, um, publishers obviously in the UAE are like two, well, well you've got the first two uh, categorization, Arabic publishers and English publishers, mm-hmm. right? And under Arab publishers, you've got all genres, you've got kids genre, adult genre, and you know, so on. And in English, you've got maybe two or three, maybe four. I really don't have the exact count in my head. Um, but they were uh, maybe focused more on very established authors and wouldn't take from the youngsters, same as the magazine when it started, really. Um, so we would try to help them and so on, but eventually it would hit a dead end because there's no publisher that would help them. Um, and that's when I figured, you know what, let's just expand into that uh, because I saw the niche and I, I saw the need. Um, I saw that there was a lot of voices that were missing out uh, because either they're not getting a chance with the local publishers or they're being told, no, it's better for you to publish it outside. And the problem with getting it published outside is that you cannot reach out to a publisher directly. You have to talk with an agent and agents don't exactly talk with anyone as it is. It's a, it's not ex- it's, it's just a big hassle and a problem. Um, and you lose on a lot of voices along the way if you actually direct them all to that path. Um, so we figured, you know what, uh, that's um, the best way to predict the future is to make it. So let's get it started um so we expanded into sale publishing uh that's when we got a properly licensed and media permits and, and so what on. year was that when that when that happened uh, when that 2014 off. 2014 yeah uh it's actually the year i've quit my corporate job as well so before that i was doing sale with my job and uh 2014 i've quit my corporate job um at first, I was still looking for jobs, and then I was like, you know what? I think it's time to dive in completely and see it through. Um, so the publishing became part of it. Um, and at first, we were just doing digital because at the time, I read heavily digital anyway. I know you. You love yes, that. Yes, we're <laughs> on opposing <laughs> ends of that spectrum. It's okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so we published only digital, um, but then I realized digital platforms were not fair for the MENA reader. Um, there's a lot of limitations, there's a lot of uh, closed doors, there's a lot of uh, lack of access per se. Um, platforms were not opening for the MENA reader when they have a MENA address on their accounts, they do not access the books at all. Even though me as a publisher, I would put the book and say I want to be accessible worldwide to be bought, MENA customers do not have access to it really yeah so for us for us now on the ones who use mm. the digital platforms you have to have a u.s address or uk address to be able to see the books i didn't even realize this was an issue online even they didn't realize it because i remember in one of the courses i went to uk and they said when i told them this problem they're like what we didn't know and i'm like yeah it's, it's a massive massive point that you bring up iman because obviously books and knowledge is is universal and uh, for our region to be left behind yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because they just presume 
we have access to either U.S. accounts here or there. I think it's such I a shame. I don't think they even want us to have the U.S.-U.K. They, they, they don't know about us playing this loophole. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, taking, things, that's taking things to, to another level. Exactly. And, and, and for you to be highlighting that and educating both sides. It's very hard, by the way. It's I bet. Hard. Do we know why that exists, why that issue exists? Uh, I can tell you that in general, when it comes to copyrights of books, it's, uh, we run in a very old module. Mm. Um, so when it comes to copyrights of books, you most of the times as a publisher or an agent do not sign universal you sign geographical rights. Right. So as a publisher would come in and they would buy the rights in the US or UK and so on. So that's why a lot of the books, sometimes when we want to buy them digital, if they're being published by a UK publisher, a lot of times you cannot access it from your US address. You have to actually play the system and go around and around to be able to access and get that. And I'm like, don't we think that now it's time for us to like revive at least the digital rights of books because we keep playing with it as, it's, as if it's print. And this is why uh, music industry and film industry have, uh, but I think film and, and TV industry are still struggling with the same problems. They and you do. see that with Netflix and right. so on, where exactly. you have some things have access here, some things don't and so on. So both those industries are struggling a lot. But then you look at music, how it completely halas, like drop that boundary and you have access to everything on Spotify and Apple Music and so on. Because it's a platform that's how that it has should be. A, that's how it it's should be. It's a global but, platform. But when you have old generations are still holding on and they still want to keep doing things because they believe and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying they're not correct but I'm saying they need to understand that there are new ways and you cannot apply the same rules that you've applied to physical with digital there are two different words for two different audiences that you cannot control in the same way and at the end of the day if the publisher is getting the royalties of both products so why are you holding back mm. um, so because of all those problems we ended up expanding to print um, and uh, we expand it way more because with print, at least you can do way more stuff. So I could do now book launches as opposed to digital. We couldn't do book launch. We would do like a book launch and then we'd, uh, we'd have postcards of the, f- uh, the book cover and the front. And <laughs> Is this not what I said to you the other day, Wayne? You did, you we did. We were having this, this discussion. Wayne and I both like paperback. Uh, well, and I, I thought you were one of us. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. I'm okay. on the fence. <laughs> You're just scared of me, man. <laughs> but I said to him, I said to him, well, like, what is the author going to like sign your Kindle when you come to the book launch? Like, what the hell? I no, I love, I love book covers. I love holding it. I love getting this it signed. Past, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I see. Here's the thing. Um, so I remember in one of the uh, recent events uh, we were at um, uh, at a Rawi cafe with uh, one of the authors, and they were asking me, "You don't want to go sign in the queue to get the book signed?" And I'm like, "No." Why? Um, I, I read it on Kindle. <laughs> and they're like, but you have the print. We sent it to you. I was like, yeah. So you don't want to get it signed? I was like, no. <laughs> so because, and they were like, but why? I'm like, because eventually I want to give the book away. Mm, right? So yeah. it's like, for me, when it comes to print, obviously at some point when you read so much, you really run out of space at home. Um, so I had to evolve into the module of reading books and then giving them away to public libraries. Yeah. Um, so what's the point of getting it signed? Like I have a very limited number of books that I keep with me that are very precious to my heart. Those I keep with me, like I don't give them away. Like this is my collection, y'all, and no one is going to touch that. Um, but the rest, if it's not, if it's something that I can let go of, I let go of. So I don't want to get them signed 
when it might actually benefit someone else along the way. Well, then, you know, they all will still appreciate that the author signed that book. You could but just get them to sign it name. without a name. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> we have to come back in just a, a sec, Iman, uh, and talk about, um, you know, because this is an entrepreneurial journey as much as it's a literary one. So we want to talk to you about the secret to that, how uh, you've made such a success of sale and as well to look forward to the future. More to come here. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. So celebrating 10 years of sale, we have to ask you, Iman, uh, about how you've managed to make it a success and to make it something that has grown over this period of time and continues to grow and inspire. So for you, um, I think um, having had uh, my own background experience with the corporate world has helped a little bit. Um, I've had my share of good bosses and bad bosses, really. Um, so I've seen what it is what does it take for it to work and what does it take for it to really not work mm. um and i think i tried to implement that with sale as well so um we've got like um kind of like a platform for sale where sale writers editors and uh, designers and graphic designers and so on are all part of it and we try to be like a home for all of them and a family for all of them um so they don't only talk about the work of sales so it's not only it's like yes we say like oh you guys the deadline is this day don't forget and don't forget submit a song so obviously this is there but we're also a home for them to talk about anything and everything so they talk about work life um, university life um, family life um, struggles um, loss of purpose uh, mental health issues whatever it is they really talk about and it becomes a home for them to discuss it all in there and everyone chips in everyone talks and replies and uh, for instance, one of them have a project they're trying to work on and they're trying to get more surveys. We put it in there. Um, and I think that has helped it to be what it is. So even even when they leave the team and pursue other stuff, um, when they still see each other, it's like, oh my God, hi, how are you? And they meet. It's like, and it's just like meeting an old friend or an old family member who you haven't seen for so long and you've missed because they've they've been part of your life and you just don't let that go. Um, so yeah, that's one of the. I think that's one of the reasons that have helped Sale continue to be a community and a home for a lot of people to feel they belong somewhere. Exactly, yeah. you can be exactly who you are and celebrate that. Absolutely, and Absolutely. we don't get to do that, you know, in very exactly. many places exactly. these days, which is why I think that was one of the very important things for me because I know what it is for youth not to feel like they belong. Um, specifically, when you have a strong voice, you tend to be alienated very quickly. Um, and when you don't see that you're not alone, that there's someone like you who thinks like you, you feel like, oh my God, it's not only me. And the whole power that comes with that statement is massive. Uh, and I think that's what we're trying to do with at least the sale, the sale side. I think uh, the longevity that you're speaking about, uh, the 10 years uh, and the gathering that's happening this Saturday, yeah. if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah at Blue Door Cafe? Yes, it's happening. We're celebrating the 10th anniversary of sale uh, this Saturday, inshallah, and it's going to be at the Blue Door Cafe in Nadal Hamar, a beautiful cafe that's already decorated in a sense that's books and, and, and flowers and stuff, and it's very beautiful. Um, so we're celebrating there from 5 to 7. It's an open invite for anyone who loves to read and want to interact with our writers and so on and we're celebrating showcasing the milestones that sale has gone through and so on and um, 
by all means be there. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's um, I think I think the power of your longe- longevity, and I think the longevity of any entrepreneur is is just the authenticity. Because okay. another person can say those words, but if they haven't gone through the voyage and the travel, I mean, you you genuinely like books. I do. You yes. genuinely, <laughs> genuinely enjoy the reading process. I don't think I've ever loved process. anything more than I've loved books in and, my life and you've done something with yeah. that and you genuinely as you were saying understand what um, what being a youth is being unheard and the challenges Absolutely. and when you combine those two together w- with the genuine authenticity of, of, of who you are I think that genuinely helps the longevity of, of any platform, really. Mm, absolutely. Um, for you, Iman, of course, as we mentioned, you were elected vice president of the yes. Emirates Publishers Association. And yes, we are celebrating 10 years, but I feel like it's just the beginning because you've inspired so many uh, writers now to get their books published, to get their thoughts out to the world uh, because they really do matter. So let's take a look at the future and the couple of minutes we have left oh. with you. What is in store? Uh, there's a lot of things in store, really. And I think when when people used to ask me, what is your plans for the future? I used to get a bit upset because it's not like I knew before that I'm going to end up here. So no matter what I say now, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what the future is going to be. I think one of the things that has helped Sail be what it is, is that we kept being open to every opportunity that comes through. Um, So books are coming in. Why not? Let's expand to that. Um, Print is more demanded. Why not? Let's expand to that. So it's 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 about really being receptive to what like while I would say receptive to what the universe is trying to tell you and just jump on it. And I think it this is what it is like. You cannot stick to one thing and say this is what I want and I'm not going to change it. I, I think that's a wonderful thing to say. And I think on your website, uh, if you haven't gone to the website, there's a merchandise section in that website. And you have uh, loads of sayings yeah. of, 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 of poets and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I think um, really resonated is the words of Hafez. And I think you have a phone ah, cover yes, as yes. well. I do. <laughs> and uh, it just reminded me ah, actually of, here, yeah. of, of, uh, of, of sale. Yeah. When Hafez says, I wish, you could show, I wish I could show you light your again. astonishing light. Uh, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in the darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just as an Emirati, as a, as a, I, I like to classify myself as youthful, maybe going beyond <laughs> that, maybe. But I, I think, genuinely, yeah, we need to change the definition yeah, of youthful. We yeah. do. But yes, I, ma'am. <laughs> I genuinely, Imam, want to say thank you, thank you so, so much, much for, uh, for helping yourself, your community and your country sail okay. from darkness to light. Ah, Shukran, thank well you so played. much. I like that. Can I use that sentence? <laughs> Please do. Branded as a copyrighted. Do, all yours. <laughs> thank it's you. It's going to be at the celebration on yes, Saturday, I, I should, think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's incredible to have you back. And you. we always look forward to having you back, Iman. You always uh, give us um, some amazing experiences and amazing stories that are really thought-provoking and really connect with the heart so congratulations Mabruk once again thank you so much for having me and yeah I'm sure many 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 people across the world are going to be celebrating with you on Saturday thank you so much guys for having me and for this amazing conversation I really 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 truly enjoyed it this is Pulse 95 tune in live every weekday from 10am